The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 310. Derek and myself, Mike, um, are, are masks required for this episode? I think we got more than six feet between us. Okay. Because I, I, I don't want to catch a computer virus. Yeah. So uh, you uh, you had to stop yourself from saying Weeby Geeks there, didn't you? Actually, no. <laughs> I'm actually, I was checking to see about, um, because tonight we're going to be covering the last three episodes of Kenobi and then talking about the series as a whole. Uh, I was checking to see if one well, of my good friends from work um, had watched because I was going to see about bringing him on because uh, I had invited some other friends um, to come on the show. And I'm not going to say who because eventually get them on in the future. Um, so I want to keep it a surprise for when they do come on. Um, but uh, at the moment, no, it's just going to it looks like it's just going to be the three of us. And that's OK. Uh, I knew yeah. I knew it was the risk I was going to take being a holiday weekend and um, knowing that. Uh, some of them, um, I, I know their work schedule and, um, one of the people told me, well, they, they are not working at the location that I know them from. They're working at, at another location. So couldn't make it tonight. Um, and I, I've created this group, um, with people that I want to bring on for the round table. Uh, hopefully we'll get them on for, um, the Andor series as well. And, and we'll keep using them as, uh, re- you know, the various people as, as they could come on for different roundtables to do show, you know, series wrap ups, the different Star Wars series. And then even when the movie comes out, you know, use a roundtable, discuss the movie a couple of weeks after the movie comes out. Uh, I will just say when we have uh, folks on, uh, these roundtables are going to be called Smugglers and Stowaways. And it'll, ah. make, and it'll make more sense once we have uh, some of these folks on. But until then, uh, I will just say I I am a smuggler because of the Smugglers Three, but I could also be considered a stowaway, or at one time could have been considered a stowaway as well. I'll just leave it at that until we actually get to the point where I can officially label the episode a Smugglers and Stowaway Roundtable. It's the easiest way to put it. Sorry to be so cryptic, but I want to leave that surprise. <laughs> I just want to keep that surprise. But uh, we are going to have a guest next week, though. We're going to have yeah, next, week. next week. We're going to have Drew from the Imperial Tech Shop on Etsy. Ah, and uh, we're going to talk about his shop because uh, he does stuff similar as uh, Michael from um, On Those Supply. Uh, different, you know, similar things and a bunch of different things. Um, actually, there's one thing he does. I I want to send. Uh, he he does name badge keychains where it looks like the name badges from uh galaxy's edge that the cast members were there i'm going to take a picture of my name badge from the star cruiser see if you could do that so i would love to get a couple keychains with that on it that would be cool yeah to have uh 
even though I'm not there um, and, and I'm not going to go into details and rehash a lot of negative that went on. Um, I did have a great time on Star Cruiser. Uh, I think the I think the ship itself. Yes. And I refer to it as a ship, not a hotel, because uh, we run it like a ship. Um, I, th- I think the ship itself is very cool. Uh, very fun experience. Uh, glad Zoe and Melissa got to see the building even you know for a few hours in the open house and see some of our show elements. Um, I had a blast. A lot of technology that has so much fun working with. Um, glad to be part of the opening team and part of that Disney history. Um, so, I mean, I, I will yep. I will never, never deny or uh, put down that experience. I, I'm proud of that. Yeah, but we're still waiting for this. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I guess there's been rumors. This this is nothing official from Disney. It, it, it's it's what the the bloggers and vlog Disney bloggers and vloggers influencers are are saying. Um, but apparently, Disney put out a a uh, like a survey and it was, Seemed like they were touching on the Star Cruiser and the possibility of maybe building one in California. I thought that was already part of the plan. No, they don't have room for it out there. Well, yeah, they don't have room for anything out there. But if they do, cool, more power to them. What they need to do is just find a spot in the middle of the desert and um, start slowly rebuilding a new Disneyland and... Yeah, and buy like uh, fifteen counties out there or something like something like a thousand acres or more, and then say, okay, this is all owned by Disney. Eventually, we'll use it all. Hey, I, I still, I still think they could do a full fledged um, Star Wars theme park here. Yeah, and cover all the different eras. You know, cover cover the High Republic now. Cover the prequel era, sequel era, original trilogy era. Now, the castle in the, the front could either be Vader's castle from Mustafar or, or the Jedi Temple, one or the other. The center hub could be based around Coruscant. I, mean, I think there's yeah. so many different opportunities. Speaking of different eras, um, we're going to be talking about the um, era between the prequels and the um, original trilogy. But have you started on that Shadows of the Sith yet? Not yet. Oh, it is amazing. I'm is almost it? all the way through it. Uh, all the stuff that we've been waiting for. The background story for a lot of stuff is all in this. I think I, I, I sent y'all the the files for the yeah audio. Yeah, I've got yeah. I've got both the audio book and the. Uh, you, we finally learned a lot more about like Glorsanteca and some of those people. I want to say I also have the audio book for Brotherhood. I don't remember, but if you do, I need that one next. <laughs> What's that one? It's all blurry. I know. Just realized that. Oh, is that Brotherhood? Yeah, I got Brotherhood. It's good. I, I, I'm digging it too. I gotta go back and double check. If- See if I actually do have Brotherhood or not. See for me, if I don't have, if I don't get it um, audio, I'd rather have it just digital, like Kindle version or something. Yeah, uh, just because I'm running out of space. The books take a lot more space than a Kindle book. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting in my library here with like four or five bookcases full of books. And I'm still trying to find places. Just crush them down a bit. They'll be they'll fit. <laughs> yeah, I'll just get. I'll get a um one of the huge hydraulic presses. They're, they're coasters. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just coasters. It's an idea. These are all the books I've read. They're all <laughs> coasters now. Uh, that, that's going to be fun, too. Uh, August 8th, um, Melissa and I are going to studios because Disney's doing a... Uh, a uh, they've been doing... They call it cast iridescent nights. And they're after-hour parties for cast members at different parks. Oh, cool. And Melissa and I are going to studios uh, for what well, we chose studios. One, because we've never seen Galaxy's Edge at night. So we're going to... We want to see... Hmm. We want to see Galaxy's Edge at night. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to do that. And uh, apparently they're giving away free popcorn buckets to the cast members. The popcorn buckets the mouse, is a mouse droid. Nice. Uh, what time does the park usually close? Uh, nine o'clock, typically. Uh, uh, how, late, how late does this actually go, though? Uh, the official party hours are from 930 for studios, 930 to 1230. Okay. I'll say, because if you had to be out there by nine, then you're not going to see it at night anyway. In the middle of the summer at 9 p.m., it's going to be still light out. <laughs> Dusk enough to see it lit up. Well, if you're there 9.30 to midnight, then yeah, you're going to see it dark. I figure with the cast members, uh, they're doing 15 nights. There's 75,000 roughly cast members. Yeah. So what are we averaging here? 75. Well, yeah. Don't remember to carry the three. Yeah. We're looking at 15,000 cast members. Night? Is that right? No, it's not right. That sounds like a whole lot. <laughs> five, 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 five. Five thousand cast members a night. They bring each cast member brings one guest. Yeah. 
that's 10,000 10, 10, guests in the park for this three hours, roughly. And what's the capacity of studios? <laughs> over over 80,000. Okay, so it's not even going to feel crowded. No, not at all. Which is going to be great because almost a very empty Galaxy's Edge, which would be yeah. awesome. That, yeah, that would be awesome. Cool. Self. Yeah. Get, get to ride Rise of the Resistance one time. At one time only. Get to ride the Falcon. Get to go back to Ogus, which I can't wait. Uh, launch Base supposedly is going to be open at that point. Uh, I don't know what merch shops are going to be open, but trying to get some merch. Uh, probably ride uh, Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway Railroad, that new attraction in Chinese Theater. Uh, May ride Toy Story Mania. Uh, we love it. Yeah, you know, it's that chance to do things that a lot of times you don't get to do. Uh, so we're gonna if Muppets is open, we'll we'll go do Muppets because we love Muppets. And sticking with the Disney company with Muppets, Muppets just changed their logo and it looks great. So um, before we get into Kenobi, let's talk about what dropped with Obi Wan Wednesdays. Okay. Um, and the cool thing is. Um, because of some stuff I've seen on, on Facebook, I have become friends with some more people from the cast that worked on Mandalorian and uh, Kenobi. Nice. And I'm going to try and reach out and get them on the show. Uh, apparently, one of them is a good friend of, of Molly's. Molly makes friends with everybody. Yes, she does. <laughs> of course she does. Of course she does. Uh, awesome. So, uh, first up, there is a Darth Vader fig pen from uh, from the company Fig Pen. Uh, and these are kind of cool. You. I guess you scan the, the pen and it comes to life. Oh, cool. It, is the, yeah, it comes to life on your phone, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I've, been interest, I've been interested in, in starting to collect those. They have some really cool ones. They're cool. My problem is, um, I mean, where, how, would I, how do you wear them and guarantee you're not going to lose them? Because other um, like lapel pen type things I've had is like the back ends up coming off and you lose it off your bag or off of whatever. I'd be afraid to lose them because these would, are not cheap usually. Uh, you could. I would. I display them. I say, if you want to wear them, I would go on Amazon and find pin locks. And it's almost, there's, it's almost like a little sleeve that you then tighten down with a, with an Allen key and it locks it in place. Cause I had all those. Um, oh, I see it. Okay. Because I, I have um, a bunch of those from, um, um, Funko when I had the smugglers bounty boxes and stuff. Uh, Disney, oh, yeah. Disney sold pin locks for a while too, because of all the pin yeah. trading we do. That that happens at Disney. I used to keep them on my messenger bag, but it was like I was um, starting to lose the backs off of them. I luckily didn't lose any of the pins. Yeah, yeah, the pin locks are great. They're they're perfect for that. Uh, speaking of Funko, um, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader two pack. Uh, it looks like Kenobi's look from near the end of the series with Vader. Yeah, I'll tell you the Vader Funko Pop that I want. It's the one from uh, is it Episode Five where he breaks the helmet open. I don't have yes. that one. From the series with Hayden's. Ah, okay. That's episode six. That's the final episode. Yeah. Is it in six? Yeah, it's their final duel. Yeah, I'm looking around. I only have uh, two Vaders. So I have the one with him choking, doing a force choke. And then I have the white sparkly Vader. See, I have no Vaders at all. They ever made that one? I, have the, I, I would consider it. I have the uh, electrified Vader from when he, he's got all the little flashes of blue in him from when he threw the Emperor over oh. the... That would be another cool uh, one to get. I have the um. It's, it's got the, the it's got the skeleton the, the skull yeah. head in it too, right? Yeah. I had the Black Series figure of that. It was a Walgreens exclusive. Yeah. With a transparent <laughs> helmet. I I'm, I'm practically done with Black Series. <laughs> I really am. See, I get what looks cool when it's available. If I don't have, if I don't get it when it's out, yeah. oh well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Black Series, uh, Tika the Jawa is coming out. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe there aren't that many Jawas. Maybe the Jawa, maybe that'd be worth trying to collect. I have an off-world Jawa because I got it because th- there was no no sense in even thinking that they were going to make a three and three quarter inch, which they eventually did. But I got the off-world because we interviewed Molly and I'm still going to do my, my figure wall of guests who have figures. I want yeah. their figure. Well, since most of these are also coming out in three and three quarter inch, um, I'm going to go back to three and three quarter inch for some of these. But the Jawas, I don't know, still, they're they're cool enough that they may be worth getting a collection of Jawas. The off-world, the regular Jawa, Tika, um, whatever other ones they have to, because I still want to get the at- different Astromex in the uh, in the Black Series and can't have Astromex without, without Jawas. Just saying. Oh, you see Astromex a lot of places that Jawas are not at. 
I know, but tend to, yeah. Yeah, I would say the other way. You can't have Jawas without astromechs and other droids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, I would. That's you gotta some... find a Treadwell. Uh, I think I can get one oh, for three and three quarter inch. I can't. They don't make it for Black Series. And sorry, I stepped all yeah. over you, Derek. That's right. I was gonna say I don't think uh, I don't think your typical astromech is fan is a fan of Jawas. No, I will tell you, I'm surprised the Galaxy's Edge. There's not since they've introduced the off-world Jawas with the different colored cloak. I'm surprised they haven't introduced a Jawa for Batu. Hmm. That's because uh, the times we've seen Batu in the books and such, we've there is no Jawas on Batu that we're aware of. The only places we've ever seen Jawas were um, in Mandalorian and in. Um, Non tattooing, oh, yeah. I I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think they even have representation in, in the Senate. Oh, but you know, I need to go back and watch uh, the different Senate scenes. So I know the ETs are there. But see, you got to remember the Senate. You get a represent representative from your planet, not from every race on the planet. True. Right. True. That's why technically, before um, Jar Jar, the um, Naboo was just the Naboo. It didn't have any Gungans at all. Yeah, but the planet that uh, Mon Calamari, I mean, they've got the they've, they've got the Calamarians and the uh, squid face. Corns. The Corns? Corns, yeah. Have, are you sure they're not working both together there? Oh, each one has their own the Senate. Calamari in the um, Senate. I believe so. I believe we do. But that might be um, because the, Calama- the Mon Calamari and the Corns aren't are, uh, kind of their own separate things. Like they don't really get along, and they don't really. Right. Could also be so, from different planets. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure Pakala is not the only planet that has those two races. True. True. Um, okay, so I'm looking at Wikipedia, uh, Jawas, Jawas in the galaxy, um, and Jawas. Jawas are present on other worlds in the galaxy, referred to as off-world Jawas. Ships traveling to and fro, to and from Tatooine, led to some of them migrating from their home world and making them making their way to other planets. They continue their old habits on new planets, still obsessed by scavenging technology where possible. Some could be found on the planet Navarro, uh, the world where the tribe took refuge. And at least one clan possessing a sand crawler lived on Arvala 7. Uh, this is the clan that ran into Mandalorian. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're... they're <laughs> If they're traveling and they migrate off planet, well, easily we we have you know they've created as canon the off-world Jawa. Let's get that costume and we'll start seeing Jawas on on Batu. Have them hang around the garage. Have them hang around Droid Depot. Have them picking pockets of the guests. Actually, they uh, at launch bay they would trade with the guests during Star Wars weekends. They would trade with guests. You got to have them swipe stuff and then try to sell it back to the guest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tika. Lead to some problem. Yeah, because you get some guests who have no sense of humor or they, and wouldn't understand. Yeah, mm. that too. They they wouldn't understand because uh, we had this great restaurant at Studios called Fifties uh, Prime Time Cafe, and it's like you're mm. eating in Mom's kitchen. Remember that, Derek? If y'all have it, if y'all haven't booked a made dining reservations yet, Fifties Prime Time. And if you get the, I've, if, uh, oh no, I'm thinking of something. Never mind. Uh, they uh, they had to tone it back for a while because there were a lot of guests who got upset because they didn't understand the theming and understand uh, what was happening. Is it like if you put a, elbows on the table, they would yell at you for elbows on the table. Yeah. Um, if you didn't eat all your eat something on your plate, they'd make you stand up and stand in the corner. Or if you got too rowdy, I mean, they <laughs> did all the types of things that you would expect to happen if you were at mom's kitchen or or aunt so and so's kitchen. And so it was a kind of ge- kinder, gentler version of Dick's Last Resort. Yes, <laughs> I think almost just as fun. I mean, it's definitely we always try and make sure I, I our waiter or waitress um, who, who's your cousin um, that they're really into it because I want it laid on thick. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's what f- for for Melissa and I when we went on our honeymoon. That was one of the things that really did it for us because we had uh, people next to us. Uh, the daughter it was her sweet sixteenth birthday. They were there celebrating her sixteenth birthday. She ordered more lemonade. Waiter brought out. 16 cups of lemonade. Well, it's your birthday. There's 16 cups. So she's all of a sudden trying to hand them out to other people. And he comes back and sees her. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Now you got to drink them all. And I'm going to bring you 16 more. Of course, they, she only got charged for the one. They only got charged for the one. Yeah. For the refills. But the fact that they, they did this type of thing. Um, my sister-in-law did something, was, had done something. And, uh, and, and the waiter made her stand up. And they, everyone had to go, shame, shame, shame. 
All of a sudden, he looks at my niece. Are you going to eat that hot dog? She picks it up and starts rabbit eating it. <laughs> like, okay, I'm eating, I'm eating. So, I mean, it, it's that type of thing. It, it's If you know you're going to get picked on, you're going to get razzed, it's great. It makes the experience that much more. I think that's what one of the things I love about Galaxy's Edge and I love about the hotel, about the Star Cruiser, is you get that same type of interaction and immersion. Here it is. This is what you got to deal with. Go for it. Have fun. So, um, back to the to the drops. Uh, Darth Vader, bop it from Hasbro. I didn't even realize they were still putting this game out. I have too. Yeah, I know me either. I have a Chewbacca and BB-8 one. I don't know if I should get Vader to continue the, co- the collection. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got Chewie and, and BB as Christmas gifts last year. Uh, now I don't. Now I want to know how many others in the have been done in Star Wars, or if this is the third. And if this is the third, it may be worth getting. Uh, and then finally, from uh, Pop Sockets, a Lola Pop Grip. So it's a Pop Socket grip um, that's got Lola printed on it, which isn't bad. I don't know. I've ne- I still I've never had a Pop Socket. I'm like I just don't get it for me. Uh. I'm not big on them either. Zoe and Melissa, they love theirs, but they got smaller hands, so it it's helps them hold the phone better. For me, it's yeah, like it's yeah. giant claws. So yeah, that so, they remind me too much. Of, they almost look like pogs. Yeah, oh, go pogs. Dude. So uh, let's get into Kenobi, shall we? Yeah, I just looked. I was flipping through StarWars.com, and on the in the galleries for Kenobi, they have the posters. They, how they always put out posters for stuff. Usually yeah. one per episode. Twenty four posters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They went off on it this time. Yes, they did. But I'll tell you the thing that was not, they didn't do any write-ups on the episodes this go around. Yeah. I was kind of thinking they might drop it at the end of it and just do the whole, th- whole series, but I don't know. Yeah. I love the episode recaps. Well, there's very little coverage in general other than a little bit of artwork and stuff. Yeah. I was flipping through the um, feeds on StarWars.com and there's very little on there. I mean, there's some interviews with some people and stuff, but nothing specifically about the episodes. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing. So, um, so w- let's talk about, uh, I guess let's start with episode three or episode four. I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember episode three. That's episode why four. I'm going to go Disney, uh, Disney plus and bring it up. Uh, what do we have going with episode four? Uh, that's the one where they go to, um, the inquisitor castle. Yes. Oh, right. 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 How about seeing the speeders? Yes. They are speeders or, in this, they're just air speeders. They were modified to be snow speeders in Empire Strikes Back. Right. Uh, Lego at one time released one called a sand speeder. It was a snow speeder modified for desert use. I remember that, yeah. So I'm now kind of hoping Lego releases these. But you notice they didn't travel through space on their own. They still had to come in that ship. Yeah, that's because they're speeders. They're not actual um, starfighters. Right. Yeah, they're not capable of outer atmosphere. I don't flight. even think they have their own... Um, Self-contained atmosphere in the cockpit. I don't think so either. I think it's you know, similar to a uh, to a fighter. It's just a, it's just like a land speeder, well, except for it could fly higher up. Yeah, that cockpit was very cold on hot then. Yes. Well, they're wearing their flight suits and stuff, so I'm sure there was heaters built into it. Yeah. yeah. They're wearing the thermals. I wonder what the um what the range is on on the speeders on those speeders. I don't know. I wonder how probably high have you can have go the well, that had um, it had the um, directional fins and stuff on it. So as long as there's atmosphere, you probably could fly just about anywhere. Mm. I'm sure, like if you were on uh, what you call it on um, like Tatooine, you could probably go port to port in those with no problem, as long as it was modified to handle the desert. I think you could probably go all over the um, planet. Probably depending on I don't know what, how fuel and stuff works in Star Wars, but true. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Could very easily go uh, go around the planet, maybe twice. Yeah. We do get to see a lot of, um, oh, what was the name of the planet uh, that the, the path was on? Starts with a J. Uh, I had to ask. Yeah, let, me look, let me turn on the subtitles and see if they say it right away. Check out. Uh, so J, right? Yeah, hang on just a second. Obi-Wan's waking up. Oh, wait, I got to wait till he jumps out and comes out of the back to tank. Yeah, that, that was, is it uh, Jolith? No. Jolindy? Okay, here we go. Jabim. What is it? They're on Jabim. J A B I I M. It's not even in the databank. Actually, Obi Wan's not even in the da- the uh, you know Obi Wan series isn't in the databank. Oh well, that's yeah, because it's still new. But you get to see the way the um the way they're actually moving Jedi or Jedi and Force sensitives around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too. 
different names that come there now, you know, from legends. Uh, like one is um, Tom Hodges, his stepson that he turned into a Jedi for the Clone Wars web series. Yeah. They used, they used that character's name on the wall. Cool. So he's now canon, no longer legends, but canon, which is pretty awesome. It, it, it's really awesome. I, I think that's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, wh- wh- it's one of those, you know, what do you do? You know, you got that type of thing. It's so cool. And then when we get to the um, the base of the um, Inquisitors, I noticed something that it never really struck me as much in the movies, but um, especially on this series, how much empty space there is of the ginormous room with like one desk in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the interrogation chamber had the chair in the middle and probably like 50 foot across of all mirrored floor with all the lights and stuff to make it look cool. But there's one chair in the middle of it. And that's the whole room is just for that one chair. Yeah. But it, it makes it more intimidating then. Yeah. <laughs> that the one control room that um, Talo was working in where they had like the two control consoles right beside each other and a huge <laughs> room around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the security checkpoint. It's mm-hmm. a hangar sized room with like one security checkpoint in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, I that, guess when you control the entire galaxy, you can build stuff as big as you want. True. Very true. Yeah. So um, this is Leia crawling up into the breaker area. That's actually in the next episode. Is that fine? Oh, all right. Never mind. Let's just do top four takeaways from all three well, of these last, from the last yeah. three episodes. It's, well, we've already covered a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I think the whole thing with uh, Reva, the the sub subplot with Reva, is great. Yeah, and how like truly like I disagree. You didn't like her? I, I didn't. Care. No, I didn't care for the plot with her. I thought it was kind of pointless. It's definitely one that you got to see more of her story after this to see what is the reason for having her. Yeah. Other than to uh, put dissension in the ranks. I thought, I thought it was yeah because I I it especially. I especially um, didn't like it when they were doing the when Obi Wan and and Darth Vader were having their big fight and they kept jumping back to her chasing and it was just like I didn't need that I didn't care for it. Yeah, I mean that part I I can see now. Well, I think if they had done away with with that chase and just waited until um, you now Vader did the whole move that he did. And then show up when she showed up at the hangar bay afterwards. I think that would have been better. Yeah. But I I, I kind of enjoyed uh, a little bit her subplot that she, Kenobi through the wall points out, you're not really hunting me. You're hunting him. You want revenge on him, not me. Yeah. Obi-Wan had already had it figured out. Yeah. And then it, it was the fact that Vader goes to kill her a second time and again leaves her for dead a second time instead of just making sure she was gone. Well, like master, like student, Obi-Wan did the same thing twice, the same thing, left Vader for dead. True. Twice. Yeah, that's another thing that that actually that I would almost say it was undone on purpose that Vader does that to Riva and Obi-Wan does that has done that to Vader because the way Star Wars works just the general rules of the galaxy that I can see that actually being a thing that Obi-Wan could never actually kill Vader and Vader never actually finishes off Tala or not Tala, but Riva. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but um, before we get done with episode three though, um, the Four. Jedi and force sensitives in Amber. So do you, do we think they're actually dead and those are trophy cases or what's the purpose of keeping them in suspension? Could that be possibly the possibility of starting a clone program to see if they could, if the Emperor trying to clone Jedi to see if he can get force sensitives? What do we think? I could see it either way, trophy cases or just um, keeping them in suspension for um, testing. Yeah, I kind of can too. It I don't may, know which way I fall with that. I want to say it's probably more, uh, more trophies because we're, we're seeing more of the higher end Jedi there. Yeah, and not, and well, not no, those the, younglings too. Yeah, and remember what Tala says. Tala says that they're actually collecting anybody who shows any force potential. Now, not just Jedi. Yeah, true. So if you're so, and she actually says that it's force sensitive, which I wouldn't think a um, standard um, non-force sensitive in the galaxy would call it that. Well, if they've been helping, you know, she's been around Jedi helping them and stuff, yeah. so she would probably know the terminology and everything. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's, it's tricky to, to know what that is. I mean, they could be collecting force sensitive, especially kids, to make more inquisitors and stuff like that. 
Could Maybe be. we don't supposed to know what it is just yet. Yeah. Once you get farther into the timeline, though, also, and you get towards the Sith Eternal and stuff, you got to think uh, when they made Snoke and when the Emperor was trying to, they're trying to bring back the Emperor, they had been um, messing with cloning for a long time, trying to get the right body for uh, Palpatine and trying to build a force sensitive clone. So maybe these were um, test material. Well, it could be possibly because where they got in um, the last or um, Rise of Skywalker didn't happen in like five years or ten years. They'd been working on it for a very long time to get to the point that they were at. Yeah, but as as we know now, though, there was a work with trying to clone or wanting to clone with Grogu. Possibly. Well, yeah. We know Grogu is not a, a clone. That, though, we that. know Grogu is not a clone, but we know yeah. he was a target, or may have been right. in a clone. He may have been in Amber at one time. Possibly. We we still don't know completely. Oh, so maybe that's why. Oh, interesting. Actually, you think an age? What the reason he's so old but looks so young? Well, not just that, but that's why we're you know we're we're all wondering how he got away from the Jedi Temple and everything, but maybe he didn't. Yeah, because all we, see in it, all we see in the flashback is him being taken away from the initial uh, battle of, of Order 66 at the temple. We don't know where right. he goes. We don't know who took him. So who's right. to say so he, maybe was, he was? Maybe he was taken by a trooper. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't, you know, and, and Obi-Wan stops and, and stares at one specific piece of amber. We don't see who he actually sta- is staring at. Well, one of them, I don't remember which one, but one of them, I guess, is actually a recognizable Jedi from the prequels. Yes. And from the uh, animated series from Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, like I said, we don't see who he, he looks looks at, if I remember correctly. No, you see every, I'm looking, I'm watching the scene now here. Uh, so far, they show him looking at one, then they show that one. Let me see if the last one. But the last one they didn't. He doesn't. They don't show who he, who he looks at. No, the last one that has the major reaction that he walks up to is actually the youngling with the helmet. Okay, this That's is probably what because he was taken from the was. temple because he's got a youngling helmet on. Right. But who who's to say Grogu's not not in that group? Possible. And then the other question is: Is that amber or what is that actually? Well, it's amber color. Yes, but it makes you wonder what it actually is. Yeah. And but you know what the what the story behind that is. Sure. Um, okay. In the two IGN questions, are they alive or dead? And all, all we know is that Obi-Wan refers to it as a secret chamber, as a tomb. Yeah. So most likely their trophy room is a trophy room. Uh, the one familiar is uh, Tara Sanubi, who uh, appears in several episodes of The Clone Wars. That's the first one we see. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, we also see a youngling who may or may not be one of those murdered by Anakin. Of course, yeah. uh, he still got his training helmet on and everything. And then someone points out another character who could almost be mistaken for Mace Windu. I didn't see that one. Except he still has his right hand. That one. <laughs> and don't think it's Windu. No. It's Windu will have happened. Nah, it's not. Windu may or may not still be alive after the whole window thing. Sam Jackson thinks he could be alive. I mean, it's plausible. It's still plausible. Or was more of a Sam Jackson, Jackson really, really wants him to be alive? We never saw the death. We just saw him go yeah. out the window. Hands got cut off, thrown out the window. Maybe he was hit by a speeder. <laughs> Maybe he was able to control the fall and, and land with minor injuries. Who knows? We don't know. Maybe he, he was in the middle of saying, Mother, right when he hit the ground. A shaft you're talking about. <laughs> Being a Sam Jackson, I pause the fury is when I got to go see new movie coming out in like yeah. two weeks yeah so um episode the other five. thing i saw real quick before we get it's just a honorable mention to obi-wan sealing um his uniform from solo at the very end somehow he thinks that hiding leia underneath the trench coat's gonna work to get across the hangar <laughs> yes and that's, that's a uniform straight out of the Sol- out of solo a star wars story yes but the trench coat oh. and stuff yeah i thought that was cool i still think it's hilarious how he thought oh we'll just stick right underneath the trench coat there's nothing to see here. I'm just a normal person. Tells you what uh, about Imperials, though, that they made it three quarters of the way across there before anybody noticed. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. So, and then, of course, we see the speeder show up to help, uh, help aid in the escape. And uh, all was cool. Uh, episode five. At least for everybody but Wade. True. 
or Wade. Uh, episode five. Um, this one actually had, um, and it's a little bit of a uh, pet peeve through the whole series, but it's really noticeable in this, the space battle, the way their transport is juking and jiving and bouncing back and forth. It's like, you'd never see that in star Wars ships moving like that. Mm. It looked, it yeah, looked right. fake because of how fast it was moving back and forth and the explosions around it looked fake. Yeah. It didn't look like they matched quite right. But I noticed that a couple of the sets, the dark, when they were really dark, you could tell that they were interior sets. The volume works really well if it's really well lit and really bright. If it's dark, it doesn't work, it doesn't hide it as well. Did they use the volume in this? The shadows don't get cast right, huh? Oh, yeah, the volume was um, all the cave shots on um, Jabim. All of those were on the on the volume. Okay. And a lot of the other in, in or um, exterior night shots were done on the volume. I thought well, maybe it was Andor then. One of them, one of the series, they were saying they weren't really using the volume much. That would be Andor. Because <laughs> there's one behind the scenes video out for this. And it's um, the girl who does the um, host, she hosts the um, High Republic show. She was actually an, um, a background extra on uh, in the Jabim Rebel, Rebel scenes. And it has, there was a uh, short behind the scenes video on YouTube from her. Oh, cool. All right, let's go back and watch it. It's on the Star Wars um, channel. But yeah, the it's just, it doesn't, it took me out of it a little bit seeing that space battle at the end of this. Yeah, it was, it was kind of the same thing, though, as uh, Last Jedi. You get the Star Destroyer going after, and, and I, I, I got to go back to episode four real quick. Vader pulling the one ship back down, straight out of Force Unleashed. That yeah. was five. No, wait. Yeah, that was five. No, that no, was five. No, that was in five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm jumping ahead to six then with where I'm going to go. Never mind. Uh, well, okay, we'll go, I'll stick with five. Yeah, that was cool when you did that. Yeah, the battle I was talking about actually was in six. It wasn't in five. Yes. Uh, man, you know what? seeing the ship get pulled down was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. The best part is when he yanks the ship down and then the other ship's the one that takes off. Yeah, and I went I went back and rewatched that. I'm like, where was the other ship? It was there That's the whole time. I, was, I did not see no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Yeah, it, it was just the one ship. It wasn't in the background. No, it was behind the first ship that was taking off. And you, all you see is it, um, is it taking off? Hang on. Yeah, but when it takes off, you see underneath it. There's no other ship there. Yeah. Hang on, I'm I'm going to that shot right now. Because that is one of the things that bothered me. I was like, where did that? Yeah, ship it is, come from? it's back there. Yeah. Hang on, share the screen. You can see it back there. It's just sitting in the background. You're not sharing the screen. Let me back up just a little more. Okay. It's not showing. Vader's coming down the hall. Oh, it's See. not. It may not let me. Well, if you bring up Disney Plus um, at 28 minutes, uh, um, or basically 29 minutes in, Disney Plus may not let you share. But at 28.53, you see the one ship take off, and you yanks it back down, and then the other one's right behind it on the ground. I mean, it's in the smoke and stuff, but it's there. This is another one that that ship coming back down doesn't quite sell. You can tell if they had a full um, movie budget, they'd probably make it look even better. Yeah, but it worked. Yeah. We're also nitpicking like because- and trying to go through as best we can. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think just uh, because it was just so cool to see Vader do that. Like yeah, you that, don't even that notice it. Because was- when you have to do it in, in Force Unleashed, it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Of course, that's also with a Star Destroyer, but... But Vader, he looked like he did it like with without much effort. He's like, nope, come back. He said twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine minutes or twenty eight fifty. Uh, okay, barely see it. But it's there. Yeah, it's there the whole time. It's there. Hmm. Interesting. I did not see it the first few times. Either no, you're not supposed to. That's why, like I said, it's obscured and smoke and other stuff. But sitting here watching through that a couple times, it's like you can definitely see where that's the CG is not all not perfect on that yet. Mm, yeah, I don't know if it's just they were moving the models too fast a couple times, or when it's shaking and shimmying, it's just there's too much movement to it. I think. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was it just didn't look right. It looks like a model. Yeah. When you get when we get to the next episode and see the space battle, it's the same thing. It looks like a model bouncing around. It doesn't because like an Empire Strikes Back, that was perfect the way they did the Falcon and the Star Destroyer. The Falcon was moving around a little bit, but the Star Destroyer mm. was shooting all around it. The Falcon didn't have to juke right. and stuff much because it's just the way they did it. Right. This one, it's, then some of the um, some of the explosions on the space battle, you could tell they were um, composite. 
it doesn't look like it's actually part of the shot. We'll wait till we get to the next episode to see what I'm talking about there. Yeah. Well, but also where we're at in the episode, we see more of um, it was fun to see um, Hayden and you and having a uh, duel throughout this episode. Yes. Going back to time to when they were. Um, yeah. At the very beginning. Time. Yeah. That, that was uh, what pre pre Clone Wars, pre pre attack no, of the, that was during the Clone Wars. Because Anakin's wearing his what he would wear as a general. Yeah, but he also had the uh, the braid too. Yeah, it it was. Well, he had the braid all the way up to um, up until we get to um, episode three, I believe. Yeah, so this, this he is was still a bad one, even as a general. Yeah, but in in Clone Wars, he didn't have the braid. He didn't in the first clone when he gets Ahsoka. He doesn't have a braid. Oh, okay. Nope. So it, it's this is this is pre Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like right before Attack of the Clones. How did you think Anakin looked in that shot? In the in those shots, um, a little too old because I knew it was m- more recently done. I, yeah. I I don't think they did the deep fake. I don't think they even attempted a deep fake on him. No, I mean it was cool to see the interaction, but I I wish they they deep faked him a little bit just to make yeah. him younger, which could have worked with him because of the fact that it's still Hayden and it's Hayden playing Anakin. Mm. It's sort of like what they did with. That's why they. That's why they thought they didn't have to do it. Yeah, but Hayden's aged just enough, though. Yeah, I mean the technology's better from when they did it with Jeff Bridges and, and Tron. Oof. And, and that, that's when all this deep fake started, though. Was with Tron. Well, if you can actually go back Anyways. and look at Tron now, it's still mm. Tron Legacy. It, it still doesn't look bad. Yeah, but it, it was almost too much. It's almost too much, but yeah, it's still the fact that Jeff. Bridges played that character. Yeah, it was still Jeff Bridges minus the beard. Yeah, I mean he he still did the role. It's just they deep faked the hit, the face yeah. for a younger. This is still this is still Hayden years. doing the role of Anakin, but they could have they could have they could have de-aged him a little bit. Yeah. Another thing that looks really cool in this because you're talking about the two of them fighting, but right after the end of that battle, you get Reva versus Vader, and th- three quarters of this battle. Vader does not have a lightsaber at all. No, it is great yep. seeing him. It's like how agile that he actually still can be. And I love how he uses her sabers. Hers. Yeah, eventually, he, he never uses his at all. Yeah. And it, any of the blows or anything he hits on her before he gets one of her lightsabers, he never actually touches her. He uses the force the whole time. Yeah. Shoving her out of the way, pushing her, blocking everything else. He's just, just using the force of force pushes. Yep. I will. That I will. Cool. S- I will say uh, one of my critiques with the show is I, I, the retconning of Obi-Wan and Vader battling, how that changes the scene, the intent of the scene in A New Hope. But they made Vader still the greatest villain out there. They did not take anything away from him. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much it really changes other than um, when Vader tells him I was the learner. Now I'm the master. It could have still been um, at the end of this. Vader could still be learning from Obi-Wan, even though he's fighting him and he's Darth Vader. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess you could spin it that way. Yeah. I mean, this is getting into the next episode, but also when um, I do like that um, they totally gave uh, Ben his point of view line in this. Because Vader tells Ben straight up, you didn't kill Anakin, I did. Yeah. Later on, Luke tells, um, or Ben tells Luke that Vader killed Anakin. Which at this point, right. it you know, ends up being the truth. Yeah. As, as we get that. And, and that that part of the recon, I have no issues with. It's the fact that they fought. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And, and I have mixed feelings on it, too. Yeah, I, I, I have very, I mean, the battles are great. But I have mixed feelings about it. Mm. I mean, the the one when they're trying to escape the planet, fine. You know, you you left me to burn. Now I'm going to leave you to burn. Okay, cool. Mm. Because there was that element of shock of holy crap, that's Anakin. And then I'm like, cool. So we got this. We're moving on. Well, any other duels we have with Obi Wan and Anakin is going to be all flashback, which I love the flashback we got. I almost wanted one or two more of those in the series. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, I would like to that. The duels that Obi-Wan and um, Vader have in this show, Obi-Wan is not going looking for any of those. Right. No, it's all Kenobi. They're all forced I mean, it's on all, him. Uh, Vader. Huh? It's all Vader. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all forced on him because um, the first time is he's trying to get off that planet and he's trying to get everybody to go away from, get away from Leia. The, um, the final duel 
in episode six. He's trying to, um, once again, he's trying to direct Vader away from everybody else. Right. Using himself as bait. But it's it's still still Vader. Um, Vader's hunt, still hunting Kenobi. Yeah. The, the Inquisitors are doing whatever else. Vader wants Kenobi, period. They find Kenobi. Cool. He'll be there. He wants to take him out, period. And that's what's driven Riv- Reva, she wants to she wants to do that to get into more of Vader's good graces, so she could eventually take on a role as his apprentice and take him out. There's no other Inquisitors really trying to take a role as a as an apprentice. Yeah, they want to be the top Inquisitor, but that's it. Well, right. even at this though, like I pointed out before, Star Wars runs in parallels. You had Obi Wan and Vader was his apprentice. This one he's got Vader, and you got to think basically all of the. Um, Inquisitors would be his apprentices because I think it's pretty much inferred that he had trained all the um, Inquisitors. Right. But they're they're not really apprentices, though. But yeah, the rest of them are happy being Inquisitors. I mean, Reva has all of the ambition and wants to be more. And yeah. really, that she just wants to be more so she can kill Vader, yeah. which is would actually make her a Sith eventually. Yes, but she the, the Inquisitors are, are created to be um, Vader's like more elite Jedi purge. Troopers. Yeah, they're, it's his, they're, they're Jedi hunters. They're his Jedi hunters. They're his personal squad. And they're all dark Jedi, but they're not Sith. Right. Yes, they're all former Jedi. Well, no, many of them were former Jedi. Some of them aren't. Oh, I think they're all former Jedi. Reva was. Obi Wan says they were. Um, many of them were former Jedi, but not all. That was on episode two, I think, when he's talking to Haj or whatever his name is. Or no, he's talking to Leia when he says that. That the Inquisitors, many of them were former Jedi. And I'll bring it up on... Tenth brother was a former Jedi. Yeah, Obi-Wan here says... Um, hang on. Ninth sister was a former Jedi. Well, according to this, Leia asks Obi-Wan, who are they? He told, says Inquisitors. Many were former... or Many were Jedi that turned to the dark side. Uh, now they hunt their own kind. So it's not all of them. Eighth brother was a Jedi. So it says... Seventh, seventh sister was a Jedi. Sixth brother was a Jedi. Fifth brother, Jedi. We know third sister was. Third brother was a Jedi. And second sister was a Jedi. They were all Jedi. Every every Inquisitor we see that we've seen all have force abilities. Yeah. They all show they all show that there was training, Jedi training. So they 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 just turn to the dark side. So it says here on Wikipedia, this is kind of creepy actually. It says uh, many of the Inquisitors had joined the dark side due to intense torture or corruption. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they were they were they were the Jedi who, for survival, were willing to fall under under the hand of Vader. Yeah. And and hunt the I, others. I don't know. This just uh, on the screen here. He said many of them. So I'm sure there was co- there's at least a couple that were not. All of them that we're aware of. Uh, according to Wikipedia, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Then they're alluding to that there was a redskin individual and a Twi'lek that also served as Inquisitors. Uh, the unidentified Twi'lek was a in the Jedi Order, and the redskin individual was a part of the Jedi Order as well. They, and these are all canon. Yeah. Uh, the redskin, uh, I think, comes from the comics, and the Twi'lek, not sure where she comes from. Maybe from the comics as well. Yeah, from the comics as well. They don't allude to how many. I mean, so that would be 13 members of the of the uh, Inquisitors. And of course, the Inquisitors have the Purge Troopers at their beck and call. Yeah. Uh, I see another an article here that came out in May of this year that says there are 11 Inquisitors in total. What do you think? The size of the galaxy has got to be more than just that. Uh, I'm, I'm going based on uh, Wikipedia. There's yeah. the 11, if you include the, the Grand Inquisitor, second sister, third brother, third sister, fourth sister, fifth brother, etc. If you add those other two that are in the comics, that's 13. But if we go based on you know, what we've seen in the shows and the games, there's 11. So they're not counting the two from the comics. Even though they're those are canon, it's showing them in the two in the comics in this list. Okay, and their 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 counts wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Actually, fourteen. A female inquisitor. 
as well, straight female. They don't have a picture of her. Uh, and the source is from the Ghost of Dathomir. So uh, Ghost of Dathomir is a Star Wars role-playing game, Force and Destiny. Okay. Which apparently, that one, I don't know if I would consider canon or not. But apparently it is canon. Wikipedia has her listed as unidentified female inquisitor listed as canon. So four, there's 14 right there with three that, 11 and then three that are unidentified that could eventually have stories later. So uh, to get back to what we were talking about, the, the battle at the beginning of, of uh, episode six or part six, to me is the same thing as Last Jedi. How is it, Here, here's a ship that has better engine capability and it can't it can't overtake it's able to overtake a, a blockade runner the tanta four but they can't overtake this ship just like the whole first order fleet can't overtake the rebel fleet that that's running off fumes yeah to me it doesn't make sense i don't know if they have more speed on the bigger ships though you gotta think you got a lot more mass to move mm, true that's why Star Destroyers, you see these little ones juking and jiving all over the place and stuff, but the Star Destroyers have nice, smooth move. They're not jumping around. Right. It takes a whole lot. I mean, they got large engines on those things, but it still takes a lot to get it moving, and once it's moving, it takes a lot to slow it back down. Yeah. I still think it just doesn't seem right. Also, the weapons are also made for larger ships as well, so it probably yeah. is harder to hit smaller ships. Yeah, Star Destroyers, are, remember, were designed for orbital bombardment. Yeah, but th- it's not that small. I mean, the ship they're in, it's not. The transport ship, it's, it's, it's almost the Star Destroyer. It's tiny. It's almost the same size as the Tanta 4. And the Tanta 4 was tiny compared to the Star Destroyer. Yeah, and, lo- and look how they were able to overtake it in, in uh, New Hope. Yeah, but that blockade runner, they called it a blockade runner, but that the Corvette there wasn't really a battleship. It, it's technically a small capital ship. Right. So it's not designed for maneuverability. Right. The transport and how long were they actually chasing them. what how long were they chasing them before they actually caught them yeah i don't think long because i mean tanner four got a according to all reports of canon tanner four got got a two two hour jump well not if you watch rebel or um rogue one they jump from scarif and the stars is right behind them mm. <laughs> right but as the tanner four pulls away from the from the other rebel ship vader is there watching it jump into hyperspace yeah Oh, he's got to get back to his ship before the Star Destroyer could jump after him. Dude, that may be where the Star Destroyer makes up the extra time was um, a better hyperdrive. So it moves faster through hyperspace than uh, the um, Tanta 4 would. Right. So for all we know, they hit Tatooine before the Tanta 4 did. Yeah. So the 4 jumps in and the Star Destroyer has already got a beat on him. That's one thing that um, since Disney has taken over, hyperspace travel has way shortened up. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, it takes like yeah. five minutes to go anywhere in the galaxy. Especially when you get to the end of this episode and see um, Obi-Wan, he battles Vader. Oh, no, there's a problem with Luke. And he's at Tatooine like three minutes later. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little iffy on that, too. I'm like, what? Also, one of the things that um, it bugged me when they saw it in the um, sequel movies was um, it was in um, The Force Awakens. When they jumped, the Millennium Falcon came out of hyperspace in atmosphere. Yeah. And they're, and they're talking on the, um, the communications. They're working, um, able to communicate while in hyperspace. It's like, wait a minute. That, that's just a, that was always a hard and fast rule that you can't talk while you're in hyperspace. Yeah. Right. Right. And you can't pull out of hyper, hyperspace that close to a planet. Yeah. A gravitational um, field. So it's just little things. I swear I still like Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> it, it, it's, but, you know, I think... It, even as kids, we still would have been picking yeah. this apart some. It's like, no way. Yeah, like, I love the Not, story of these six prob- episodes. Huh? So I probably wouldn't have been when I was a kid. I would just yeah. be like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I love these episodes. I love the show of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But out of all the series we've seen of Star Wars so far, this one, I think, shows the most cracks in the um, te- in the actual advancement of technology of, for the making of the show, the special effects things. Right. Almost like they didn't take as much time or they didn't put as much effort as they did in the Mandalorian shows and a book and a Boba mm-hmm. Fett. Yeah. But then again, also, you got to remember Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan or in um, Mandalorian did not do a lot of space battles. Most of the fighting was done during the day where it was bright and sunny. So they weren't it was new technology. But I think this taxed it a lot more than what they um, did for the other ones. And it shows more in this. 
like once we get to the point where you get to the Vader, the Vader Obi Wan battle here, you can see that they're on the interior sound stage. Is what it sounds feels like. Yeah, the roofs on um right. the roofs on that um die whatever it was the first planet uh the uh I forget what it's called, but it was Episode Two, the Hong Kong looking planet. Those the rooftops there felt like an interior sound stage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So and I, like I said, I think it's just I don't know if they um sped up this a little bit or just it was showing the um where the tech isn't quite there yet for what they wanted to try to do. But the story in this, I think makes up for that a lot. Cause I love the story of this. Right. Well, I hate and to act. I, I had, had a few problems with the story. I, I, there, there are like after the first three episodes, I was kind of falling off of the show a little, but then episode four was better, but episode five and six were great, but there's, there's a few, like, I kind of felt like the whole Reva story kind of took away from the Obi-Wan story. I, I felt like the Leia thing should have been maybe one or two episodes at the most. And really the best parts were the Obi-Wan Invader stuff. Yeah. I called that from the first episode. Remember when we first saw the first two episodes, I was like, oh, this is going to take all six to get um, Leia back to her parents. Right. But by doing that, they they added a whole lot of mythology to the universe. The whole idea of the path and all that stuff was because of them trying to get to get her home. Right. And now that's something they can add on to build more stuff later. There's a lot of loose ends in this, but that's done on purpose so that you have space to tell more story. I don't have a problem with the loose ends. It's just that. The, yeah. Well, that's where we got to um, figure they have a plan for a lot of these like, things like Reva. There's got to be a plan for her out there. She'll figure into something in the future. We just well, got to wait and see where it's at. Supposedly, the rumor is they're giving her her own series, which is fine and all. But then it becomes, did they just, you know, the Obi-Wan series becomes partially just a jumping off point for a new character. But well, what I wanted to see was Obi-Wan dealing with everything that's happened. Yeah. Well, also that which you can say the same thing happened with Boba Fett. We have an entire episode of Mandalorian yes, in the middle I of Boba Fett. Do say that. <laughs> I do say that because there was, I mean, there was an episode of Boba Fett where he was a cameo in his own show. Yeah. At least they fixed that on this one. True. (laughs) Obi-Wan is still a major part of the episodes, even though he wasn't the only part of the episode. But then again, that's that's Mm. just um, writing for a a show. You have to have multiple stories going. You can't just have one guy's story for the entire show. I think you could have, especially since it's a limited series and not, you know, like like a regular series. I think part well, of that all yeah. limited series. Well, that would have made it a shorter show too. I think. I think we they would have only done this in four to five episodes if they're doing it with that. They wanted it to go at least the six. And also, yeah, but, the Reva story originally, the start yeah. of it, was a great way to put dissension in the ranks of the Inquisitors. Yeah, but I don't know. I just it it didn't work for me. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, guys, I gotta ask final thoughts mainly about the show. Uh, uh, we didn't. Even- to Obi or Baru and Owen at the end of on the sixth episode, we're gonna yeah. have to come back to episode oh, yeah. six. Well, I think we'll, we'll do that next week with Drew from uh, Imperial Tech Shop. Yeah, the one, the one, the one final thought that I want to say is um, the final battle between between Obi Wan and Vader was awesome. There was some great stuff in there. Um, it got me. It got me right in the emotions. And um, the part I love. The the part where Obi Wan, you know, cuts into Vader's helmet and, and he, Anakin's there, and they they have their little, you know, I didn't, you didn't kill Anakin, I yeah, I didn't know that. And there's a very small thing that some people might not have noticed that I thought was incredibly awesome about that part, and it was when Anakin was was talking, he kind of would because of the way his his helmet was cut, he'd be talking as Anakin, and it would slip into the Vader. Yeah, they would feed it in behind it. I I love it. That was so cool. They did mastery there on how that was done. That was beautiful. That was awesome. Absolute mastery there. And that's all I have. And we're definitely going to not be stopped talking about this. There's still plenty more to cover on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially once the gallery series episode comes out, probably in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I got one thing to slide in here that's really not Star Wars, but it's a worthy cause that I think everybody should pay attention. If you're in. Um, Eastern Ohio or Western Pennsylvania. I'm actually wrestling on a show next uh, this Sunday coming up 
and it's actually called Dropkick Diabetes. And it's a wrestling show. He's done it nine or ten years in Salem, Ohio. And um, all the proceeds go to the Akron Children's Hospital um, Endocrinology Department, which is their diabetes department, to help kids with diabetes. Um, the guy who promotes this, his, he's got a um, son with diabetes, so they wanted to do this. Um, and actually, I will be wrestling there if anybody's interested. But also, he's got a bunch of guys coming in um, from Impact Wrestling. He's got Jackson Stone from Impact and NXT, Madman Fulton. Okay. Uh, we have a WWE and WWF legend, Ted DiBiase, is going to be there signing autographs and stuff. Uh. Then take a wow. picture. You got Crazy Steve from Impact Wrestling, Matt Cross from Major League Wrestling, Lucha Underground, and he's been everywhere. Um, Matt Cross, yep. former, and former Tough from, Enough contestant. Uh huh. He's actually from Cleveland originally. Yeah. He actually anybody who remembers the old from the early two thousands, the best of backyard wrestling videotapes. That was him and his buddies that made those. Yeah. But then the last one is from WCW, WWE, Impact, and everywhere else. Shannon Moore is going to be there. Oh wow. So anybody who's interested, it's Sunday, July 10th. Um, doors open at 4. The bell time's at 5. All the information can be found at um, facebook.com slash dropkickdiabetes. Very Tickets cool. are 18 bucks at the door. That's not bad for what you're getting here. No. And like all. I said, all the proceeds yeah, and really. all the vendors, he's got a bunch of vendors coming in and stuff. The name guys here that are coming in, they're putting a pro- portion of their proceeds. Everything they sell is going back to the children's hospital. Very cool. <laughs> So if you're in the area, um, and if you find I'm Blackhawk there, so if you see Blackhawk, if you heard of it on Wiki Radio, let me know. I might have something for you. Very cool. Very cool. So oh. it's at the Quaker Hall in Salem, Ohio, which is just south of Youngstown. On that note, only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!